Hello, ciao, and welcome back to the Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman. My name is Benedicta Jumpa, and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. Hello, people, welcome, welcome back. Hi, like, here is my walk of shame. Like, last week I didn't post. I guess I would do a little bit of a poll to understand if you like weekly episodes or like bi-weekly episodes probably that's something that we will need to understand but i'm not going to lie to you so currently i was planning for weekly episodes but lately you know adulthood is not working for me like no it's that it's not working for me but it's a lot of things going on so that's why i'm just uh, like Oh my goodness, mm, my energy levels are not being at the bad. Like, I'm actually going to be honest with you guys. Like, my energy level motivation hasn't been at, the, at its best. Like, I love the idea of this podcast, I love working on something for myself. But it's one of those times where you're just there, like, do I even have the energy? But it's nothing like with the podcast, it's just like myself and yeah i thought let me be honest with you guys because now i'm gonna pretend here that everything is fine everything is good no 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 let's be honest let's have honest conversation let's be authentic so that's kind of how it's been for the last couple of weeks i hope although like you tuned in for the last episode the one with tia like that was a lovely episode i love like hearing from tia learning from her like she's so like she's so dope like i absolutely adore tia like she's amazing so it was a great episode and if you missed it please go check it out um thank you for tuning in for this episode how is everybody doing i hope you are all doing well we are in a new month we are in march uh, in the u.s represents international women's day uh, women's month in italy we have international women's day i guess a month should be needed probably to discuss the achievement and the contribution of women throughout history and all women not only some women because we need to discuss our womanhood especially in the west is so often associated with a certain kind of womanhood the other day i was listening to uh to my sister's podcast with uh courtney daniela and uh, sorry i don't remember her friend's name because i always remember courtney because I used to follow her on YouTube and uh, yeah and yes so as quoted the general she she went to Cambridge she's of Kenyan descent and uh, she had this YouTube channel but she also discussed her experiences as um like as kid from a lower income family going to Cambridge as a black woman going young black woman going to Cambridge and and uh, yeah so I know her through that and I saw she had this podcast I just started listening to it and to be honest I find it so insightful and they were discussing how like the idea of femininity uh, as a feminine energy like oftentimes like derives from 
a Western concept of femininity and I would say womanhood, okay? Because, I don't know, like, there is always this idea, right, that women are supposed to be soft-spoken, are supposed to be non-loud, are supposed to be quiet, um, like, and super delicate. And then when you look at other cultures, I don't know why, like, there is an assumption that, like, African cultures is very sexist, which, in like, on one side, I see why, like, there is a presence of sexism between the different African cultures. I understand what people are saying, but actually, you know what, like, women between, like, most of African societies actually do play a big leading role and women play a different kind of role between society so i find it very like even when you pick up statistics sometimes you look at statistics and you see for example in a country like ghana where my parents are from it's like oh by the way we gotta talk about the independence soon like yeah so in a country like ghana you see like a high number of women in enterprises okay um you see more women for example in the parliament sometimes even compared to western countries okay so when people say like oh like africa so behind no really like let's actually look at statistics let's pick some numbers then are there some cultural aspects which we need to still work on yes of course but like every country including western countries because if you just see women constantly be objectified between uh western countries it's just insane and women being demonized for speaking up also that is insane and the women that get demonized for speaking up usually which one are they black women or women who have black heritage or have foreign origin oftentimes although i'm not excluding the fact that women uh, caucasian white women from the west are not getting demonized especially let me say especially in italy like in italy it's crazy like the way women get treated in this country especially women in politics the other day i was watching a igtv from this platform called will italia and this uh news is kind of a news page created by uh two young people which one include Iman jade which is um an aspiring economist and there is a old scandal around that but we will not talk about it now but the cool thing about Iman and her, her instagram page is the fact that she brings politics close to young people and makes it very understandable so they created this kind of news outlet called will italia and they discuss very interesting topics overall sometimes there are some little failures here and there but overall they give like a good like summary of general news they make it understandable they make it approachable and uh, bring topics that normally like maybe in these countries people are still not very good at discussing from time to time or people still like very like uncomfortable especially young people 
in talking about politics so that's why i really enjoyed the page of willie talia why brought willie talia up the other day i was looking at this igtv that dictate about women in politics and they did the history of women in politics between italian politics and how often these women were insulted by even the members of their own party from the very beginning of the italian republic so there was a woman that she was a parliamentarian and she was called racchia in italian is racchia uh, I don't know if I would say ugly duckling. It's not really ugly duckling, but something along those lines. But she was insulted for a weight. She was insulted, and this was at the very beginning of the Italian democracy. So, uh, all of this to say that it was very, it was very like horrible hearing how they were talking about these women, and then realizing that not much has changed because literally the topic came up because. The leader of her right, Giorgio Meroni, also she should have been named uh, of the party Brothers of Italy. She has been insulted by the university professor. And uh, so everybody's pressing a solidarity towards her. Some people were like, I'm not expressing my solidarity towards her. She is insulting everybody. We don't really care about her life. Meanwhile, other people were like, we may not support her political ideas, but we stand by her as a woman. We don't want other women to be affected by it. I mean, it would have been nice if I would have seen more solidarity for other women as well, especially when I, I think about Cecil King and, uh, as the first black minister. That would have been nice, but, you know, it seems like black women deserve less protection because we are seen as strong, we are seen as less as women. So, for this reason, I don't know, people aren't really speaking up for us or considering us as, uh, I would say, worth of protection. Then also we will have to discuss the fact of protecting women. That's another discussion. But normally, like, we wouldn't receive that same care or attention or like people stepping in for us the same way that happens for other women but we move so yeah like we've been looking at uh how like italian politics is still like so full of sexism and that's pretty insane to see that up to the recent days, there is so much sexism. I remember growing up, there was Rosie Bende. She was one of the top politicians of the center-left. And whenever they would discuss with her, there was, especially Silvia Berlusconi, who always offend her appearance. There will always be a comment about the fact that she's not married. And uh, about, like, oh, you... One, in one interview, Silvia Berlusconi said, who's the central rights reader said oh like i will not it was kind of more a debate and it was like oh you're more beautiful than smart and this all these things about politics yeah i'm bringing it up not just to have a chat about politics but actually to make you all realize that how problematic sometimes italian society can be especially when it comes to issues of sexism because it can be pretty insane because you go in, sometimes even in the office or somewhere, and it's always like people trying to talk to you about like 
whether you are married, if you are engaged, if you're this, when you're actually going to the office for something else, or people discussing your beauty, your like your standard, how you look, and especially with men, which is so frustrating. I'm not going to lie to you. Especially because I noticed it particularly because growing up, I was pretty much a ugly duckling. The reason being, I used to be very, how will I say, I used to be very tomboyish. And there are different reasons for that. And uh, so I grew up being very tomboyish. And of course, like you realize that, mm, okay, people treat better people that actually look good to them compared that like somebody that just looks like, at the time as themselves so like seeing how people started to treat me differently when i kind of um, now that i'm blooming uh, i've been a late bloomer bloomer it's just interesting because i'm just there like on one side people kind of treat you better like i for example when i go to my favorite restaurant i get discounts and stuff like that but it's also like it's weird the fact that you have to use it's like your beauty as a currency to in order to be treated well and so subsequently if you're someone that speaks up you just be like oh is it safe for me to speak up right now or not if not will i be treated differently if i speak up so it's very it's very tricky and i guess that's a good topic to start and kick off march and a common international women's day uh, by the way, I love International Women's Day. Like, it's always one of my favorite, like, uh, I wouldn't say festivity, but celebration. Although in Italy, they call it as La Festa della Donna. So, as a feast. But it's not really a feast. It's to remember women that stood up and striked. And so, yeah, we have to remember that. Italy has become so commercial. Like, when I was living in London... International Women's Day wasn't really as celebrated, I felt. Although there were events for International Women's Day, which I will always attend because I'm all in for women empowerment, equity, and equal access to opportunities for women. And there is so much work to do in our society. So when I was in London, I used to actually attend uh, these events for International Women's Day at university. But I felt like a lot of International Women's Day wasn't as celebrated. Meanwhile, in Italy, International Women's Day is a little bit more celebrated and honoured and acknowledged. But the problem is, they make it too commercial and not relevant. So it's become about, by the way, the flowers which I adore, the mimosa. I love mimosas. Oh my gosh. Not the drink, the flowers. I love them so much. But then it's also become more about like discounting the shops uh, where we, we could go out, clubbing, uh, drinks and stuff like that like i mean it kind of lost this meaning about the fact of fighting for women equality i felt i'm not judging everybody anybody that's doing that but i it felt like international women's day in italy has kind of lost this meaning especially with all those like oh let's go to the club 
and let's get drunk and let's do this and you're just like international women's day is not that it's about emancipation it's about like fighting for equal rights equal pay like ensuring that women are safe they are not killed in this country we still have a big problem which is feminine side women in this country get killed for being women too many women already have died from the beginning of 2021 like the saddest stories that i heard is the one of a woman that she died in um i believe southern italy and she broke up with her partner she had the shop and what she did this woman because she knew that sooner or later she would have been killed by a former partner what she did she paid for her own funeral when she was alive in order to not be a burden for a son or for a dad this is the level that we live in this country women report being stalked being violated not being protected the police does almost nothing and we just left there by ourselves and and it's sad and it's sad and this situation gets worse when we look at intersectionality and when we talk about intersectionality we're talking about individuals that have one or two even multiple identity that normally are marginalized okay because what I discovered recently that intersectionality oftentimes is just used as a very general term for everybody and be like oh we all have intersectional identity no actually intersectionality talks about like having multiple identities that are often marginalized so let's say in my case i'm a black woman i'm a woman i'm black i'm a child of immigrants i come for a working class family so already here you see I like already like oh like marginalized identity between society. So that's why we're talking about intersectionality. Okay. So <laughs> that's a little like lesson on terms. And so when we're thinking about the killing of women's unfortunately in this country, <sighs> there is a big problem here in Italy when it comes to prostitution. And uh, unfortunately many prostitutes do come from Eastern Europe or uh west africa and unfortunately there are many women that we don't know where their bodies are what happened to them or there are women that are partnered with uh oftentimes italian men that do get killed like they do get killed and oftentimes the media does not even talk as much about them so i think it's important to acknowledge that so that's a little bit of a sad note, but I just wanted to let you know, you know, about society. This is what I try to do through this podcast is speak about topics that do interest me. Try to teach people about Italian society, but through the lens of a black Italian woman. Talking about Italian society. So this month, uh, well, the festival of Sanremo is up so what's the festival of Sanremo the festival of Sanremo is the festival of Italian music that was developed after the second world war and uh, this festival is a big uh, celebration of Italian music is a competition 
it's kind of like yes the competition is a sticky competition to find like the best Italian song of the year artist and uh, yeah so there is this competition uh, it's normally done in Sanremo which is in Liguria so it's in northern Italy by the seaside Liguria is a beautiful legend by the way so if you want to when you come back and we're able to travel I actually suggest recommend to you to go visit Liguria especially the Cinque Terre the five lands the skate is absolutely insane so yeah you should absolutely go there okay so yeah there is a festival of italian music it's interesting because it's not only the festival of italian music but honestly i feel like it exposes so much like italian society from different points of view like i've just said it's a lot the festival is a lot because let's say it starts around before 9 p.m and then it finishes around 2 p.m i'm still like not understanding why like in italy there is no sense of time and also when it comes to tv shows because i was telling my sister yesterday i was like in the uk if you have a major show like i think still around 10 o'clock it will start at 8 around 10 o'clock it will be done why in Italy we're going on for another two hours? I don't get it. But anyway, here is the festival of Italian music. For me, it's like the festival di Sanremo. For me, it's, it's one of the things that I like to watch. And I would say I liked to watch although Because honestly, since I live by myself away from home without like especially without a tv because at my previous place i used to have a tv but now without a tv i can be a little bit lazy to go and log in on <laughs> my website so i logged in once this week to just check what was going on because i felt the social pressure of not watching the festival di Sanremo. when in the past i actually used to watch it especially with my family it was a nice moment with my family we were gathered to get around the tv and we will learn the songs and you will hear my dad talking about any artists like the way they sang if they did well or not and so it was a nice family moment and i tweeted this week and i was like yes and you all say like immigrants are not integrated and stuff like no like those this um, this festival like is part of our family is also part of our family tradition and it's, it, i don't know it works in me like happy memories and i always remember even when my parents used to sing the songs like i come from this family where actually people sing a lot especially my dad and by that can kind of actually sing meanwhile my mom sings but she cannot really sing She's trying to figure out how to listen to my podcast. Yeah. Mom, if you happen to listen to it, don't be mad. But if you don't, that's all right. We keep it moving. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, when it comes to um, the Festival of Italian Music, as I said, it was very, like, important for me because you learn all the new songs. The, like, most really meaningful songs between Italian pop co- music culture. They come from the Festival di Sanremo. And I, I grew up listening to them around the house. And it was so much fun. And I always, like, loved it it was so good so 
yeah so this festival is also kind of a mm, manifestation of italian culture why do i say so because uh, it's a lot going on on this festival first of all they always choose i feel like at this point they always choose the same people in presenting the festival so majority of the presenters are male that they pick every year and the same people that we see on tv and usually the men they're heterosexuals they're just they're like they're just usual like men they're like okay at some point your jokes become boring at some point the topics that you talk about become boring i'm just they're like just please bring some relevant stuff current stuff i'm just they're like i'm not bring some complexity between society like bring men of different background bring men or bring women for example i have more women hosting the festival i remember there have been only a few times where women hosted i think of antonella clerici rafaela carra just a few times and he hasn't they haven't hosted in often and that is always like oh you have the pretty women that accompany the man in presenting and i don't know they always seem like such like put on the side oh talking about women put on the side i remember was it last year or two years ago when like the oster is present this year amadeus said like oh it's so amazing when women take a step back to uh to sacrifice themselves for their men i was like no you did not say that no you didn't no you didn't that's when i said like this country is problematic like i'm just that like you are a tv or show like for so many years and this is how you think about your female colleagues like about the fact that oh they're taking a step back for their partners like excuse us like how dare you anyway so this festival was on one time there was like a good throughout this week there was actually a good speech that was able to catch up on it yesterday by lod and she's an italian singer and she's actually mixed race and although I, to be honest in the past i couldn't understand that she was mixed race then i saw her mama was like oh she's actually mixed race and uh, she's like she's super cool and she's from rome but she comes from an underprivileged background and she started sharing more about her story throughout the years which is something that i didn't know and she grew up talking and she talks about like how she grew up having little uh she grew up uh being had to be strong because of the time she had to grow up very fast to take care of a family and she wanted also to find her independence and she has this beautiful story and she does this beautiful monologue where she talks about the fact that she didn't think that she deserved certain opportunities because she couldn't see herself herself in those let me just say honestly that's something that i feel like lately i've been struggling with is the fact that not picturing myself in certain places and so it's something that could really relate to what she was talking about because especially when you have a privileged background doesn't matter how hard you work you okay or how hard you have been um you've been working it, there comes a time that sometimes it can be difficult 
to picture your stuff in certain places. I've been blessed with a big amount of faith, with a big amount of hope has pushed me throughout the years. But honestly, sometimes it's not easy to picture yourself in centered places and find belonging, especially when it comes to big stages. So that speech was beautiful, but it was followed up by this mid-age Italian journalist, Barbara Palombelli, where she told us that if you smile and work hard, you can achieve everything in this society. Thank you. I like, I don't know, like, I feel like this speech is so disconnected from society. Like, right, I think it's now like a year or two or so that I reject the narrative of like, when you just work hard, you obtain everything. You do, but also we have to be honest. You do sometimes, not always. But also we have to be honest that we live in a society where there are big inequalities, where people don't have equal access to opportunities. And so the fact that when you say like, if you work hard, me as a woman, if I work hard and I don't come from a privileged background, it's harder. If I work hard and I have different origins, it's even harder. If I work hard and maybe I have a different faith, it's going to be extra difficult. If I'm not, I do not think between the idea of womenhood, between society, it's going to be extra difficult. So when you say like when you just work hard, no, it's not just the responsibility of the person to work hard. It's the responsibility of women that manage to get up there and not only women but also men ensuring that condition within society for which women can have equal access equal pay equal opportunities so that speech just i read about it and i was just frustrated i don't know it's just it's just a lot this festival is just a lot like let's leave it there and also like the comments of the journalists and unfortunately is again like against women all the time it's just that like oh this artist Annalisa she wore like a low cut like dress and and it was short but I think it still looked good for me for me it still looked good someone there to comment she they did not talk about singing all they spoke about was about a dress choice that was so like provocative where which for me honestly it wasn't if that was provocative i don't know like i don't know what's your concept of provocative to be completely honest may could it be something i would have opted for i'm not sure i wouldn't have opted for that maybe but still i don't think it was that scandalous there was nothing like problematic about that dress but be in Italian society, people be ultra conservative and trying to be like, oh yeah, you should cover yourself up. Women should dress this way, especially if men say so. No, darlings, we ain't doing that, okay? That's so annoying. Like, sorry, that because maybe a thief because. Just the comments that they make is always based on women appearances. And I would have appreciated if you would have spoken about a music. That would have been nice. I know like the festival, it is a moment where you also look at fashion. But I feel always as women fashion get, gets judged most harshly. 
So this is my little note about the festival. It's a rainbow. But March also represents, especially beginning of March, represents something very important to me. So if you just just as there was, they get near Independence Day. Yay. So Ghana has been independent from the British colonial rule for 64 years. Free at last, free at last, Kwame Krumah said. Kwame Krumah is the first president of the Ghanaian Republic. And uh, yeah, it's our amazing leader and Pan-Africanist and I don't know, like, I'm so proud of my Ghanaian heritage also because of that. Ghana is the first sub-Saharan country to obtain its independence from colonial rule. And uh, this is a reason of absolute pride. Like, I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of having roots in a country that has fought for its independence and has started the ground and uh, like it's just so so beautiful and uh, Nkrumah was also a Pan-Africanist and in his speech he also spoke about the fact that the black man is taking up his destiny and he spoke about the Pan-Africanist spirit and said like there is no point of us being free if other nations are not free between the African continent so it was just so like it's just such a big moment of pride of my heritage and just I don't know it makes me so happy all the time like Indian independence always makes me so happy and it makes me so proud of uh, being of Guinean descent so yes I always love that and uh, it's beautiful of course there is still work to do I feel as you know like new colonialism is real especially with well, Western nations, we know that. But also right now we see also China as well try to gather resources as well from Africa for the growing economy. So that's something that I feel leaders and Africans should be aware and should have their eyes open. And also as we're talking about freedom, we see also in Senegal, protests are following arrests and attacks on civilians. Uh, are following through due to the arrest of the leader of the opposition. So there is so much freedom and so much work still to be done to break loose from the colonial yoke. But still, like, I don't know, I still keep on thinking about, like, already what has been achieved and how much far we need to go. And uh, I don't know, I'm just so happy and proud. What I love about of my Ghanaian heritage, I honestly like, I love the fact that Ghana overall is a pretty peaceful country. It's a country that barely has conflicts, inside conflicts, internal conflicts. Doesn't mean they do not exist. Doesn't mean there is always equal distribution of resources. But still, it's a country that it's peaceful. It's a country that, like, even Ghanaians, like, the vibe is that. Like, the vibe is a peaceful vibe. Like, 
like it doesn't mean there is no drama but Ghanaians like like that peace like to be chill like to mind their business so like I like I like the Ghanaian vibe and overall like it feels like Ghanaian's home is like happy and excited and stuff like that so I really love that about Ghanaians doesn't mean all Ghanaians of course but like yeah I like the vibe that we have there like the like how chill like like how dramatic we are and stuff like that and of course the jollof rice it's our best jollof rice. Nobody tried to argue with that, okay? With the jollof rice. We thank Senegal for creating it. But we Ghanaians mastered it, okay? And the Nigerians listening to it, listening to this episode, don't be upset, okay? Try and fight another day. This month is March, so we honor Ghanaian. We honor, we honor the Ghanaian efforts for independence. And so, yeah. So, this is also why in Ghana we speak English when people oftentimes ask like, oh, do, well, I don't remember when I was growing up, people will often ask like, oh, so in Ghana they speak French. I was like, no, no. Yes, they are like neighboring Francophone countries. But no, we speak English because the British came and took the land and took the gold coast because they wanted the gold and they also took many slaves from there. So unfortunately, part of Ghanaian history is also like places like Delmina Castle where, where the slaves will live. And went back the journey towards the the Atlantic. So I went to Ghana once when I was little, when I was ten years old with my family, and I hope to get back soon to Ghana. I really would like to see my, uh, especially my grandma, and uh, yeah. So Ghana it's it's a very beautiful like a peaceful country this i had so much economic growth throughout the years and uh, yeah it's so amazing like honestly like i cannot wait to go back and visit as an adult and maybe i'm sure at some point i will end up doing some research to understand more aspects about my family history but also Ghanaian history so i will be so excited to go there and that will make me so happy and um, what else was what else shall we talk about Ghana? yeah like the food is also amazing like i like my favorite Ghanaian food is I like plantains. I love plantains. Those are my favorite. I made some f- to celebrate independence. And uh, then also outside of plantains, my favorite food, I actually like uh, banku. It's made with corn flour and uh, stew or pepper, pepper, pepper stew with uh, normally fish. And that's very nice. But I think I prefer kenke, which is actually a little bit more fermented and it's cooked for longer. And it's very nice. And also that is made with pepper stew and fish. And I don't know. I really like that. I haven't had that in a bit. But it's very nice. So, yeah. Like, I'm so proud of God. Also, the link that they took throughout this pandemic as well. When it came to testing. Where we see Western countries failing failing to test people at airports and stuff like that ghana has closed the airport for a long amount of time but it actually organized itself in order to ensure 
the safety and that the health system does not get like overcrowded or does not able to handle the patients related to uh, COVID-19. So I appreciated the lead that God has taken in that and also that uh, the work that the president Nana Kufuado has done. Although like we saw end of election being quite dramatic, uh, there was election in December with uh, the uh, opposed Mahama, yes, Mahama, and uh, Mahama was trying to claim the election as Trump did and kind of built on the same narrative of cheater president, but like, yeah, they made it, they managed to still like declare the victory of Nana Akufuado. And yeah, although I also don't want to fail to acknowledge the fact that between Ghana, mainly uh, WGB2 community I've reported and they also prove of being attacked by the police and their places being dismantled, their safe places. Um, and I want to acknowledge that as well. I think it's important that people from the Ghanaian LGBT community do feel safe between their country. If we argue that Ghana is a Christian country, so I believe any other like thing that is acknowledged as sin between the Bible, let's say like people like David cohabitated without being married. Are you going to break? Is the police going to break into the household of these people of like uh, a man and a woman? Like will people like do that? No, the police will not do that. Will the police go to the churches abusing women? No, they wouldn't. So I ask kindly the Ghanaian government to reconsider the actions towards people of the LGBT community and ensure their safety and ensure that they feel welcome between the Ghanaian society. So this is my little appeal. And on this note, uh, actually, I just wanted to add something about growing up as a child of immigrant, and then we're gonna wrap it up. So earlier I mentioned my grandma, and actually, like a few days ago, I was reading from my friend Jovana, who she's from uh, originally from Serbia. She's a fellow activist with myself with the Isadani Santa Cittadinanza movement, and uh, she's originally from Serbia. She moved here when she was two. And um, she literally grew up uh, without her grandparents and she recently lost her granddad. But that's something that I do reflect a lot because the way that she phrased it, it made me realize a lot of things that I've been thinking lately. I don't know why the grandparents topic keep on coming up in my life, but something that happens, especially for I feel like children of immigrants, and I notice especially children of immigrants in Italy, like we kind of grow up very like distant from our grandparents sometimes. Like I see, for example, my Moroccan friends, like maybe they tend to know their grandparents a little bit more, uh, maybe also my Albanian friends, but sometimes it can be difficult to go back to the country of origin right so like and Yovana shared how like 
almost for her a granddad was a stranger because she wasn't really good at communicating with him in serbian uh she didn't recognize him the first time that she saw him when she went back to serbia and that was a complicated like relationship to a certain extent like she said like she didn't know much about granddad she know about the fact that he loved her but like she didn't know as much and the fact that she grew up in italy like that kind of made her like a little bit more distant from a grandparent and that's something i can so relate like i grew up as well almost having my grandparents as strangers so i lost my wait i lost my grandparents on my dad's side when i was very little like not too little but little like i was still actually around five years old when my grandma on my dad's side passed away and that is someone that i would have loved to meet because we actually look alike so that would have been someone that i would have loved to meet that is my granddad on my dad's side and uh, he passed away in the year 2000 and early year 2000 like in 2000 and so i didn't manage to meet him and it's okay if i haven't met him it's fine because like I mean, that sounds wrong, but it was really in favor of my um, parents' marriage because they come from two different tribes in Ghana. And uh, then uh, also, uh, but then I had the opportunity to meet my mom's parents, but they both remarried and they have different families and different partners, but are different, like, but they also, like, they ended up being also my grandparents as well. So, like, I really loved the first time I met. All I remember about my granddad, and I lost him now, like about three, four years ago, is the fact that oh, he loved me so much. But I remember, like the first time he would call at my house, I didn't know who he was. Like I was very confused about who he was. All I knew is was my grandparents were very far away from me, and at the time when they would call, like the phone calls like they wouldn't be the quality of the calls wouldn't be as good as now like with messenger with whatsapp with all these devices it was like your landline you had a few minutes to call abroad and it was and the line could be very bad so that to say that uh it was so like weird growing up because you know you had this grandparent figure but then you like you didn't know how to relate to them but it was so beautiful when like we met in Ghana and my granddad used to be such a fun guy and I don't know I think I guess one of my life regrets probably and one of my frustrations um is the fact that I grew up no I grew up all the same once and not be able to spend more time and get to know him more and even my grandma which the one that like my step grandma in this case and uh yeah so it's a little bit like frustrating like and i think this is problem we i was talking with my friend Jovana while i thanked her about um about like a message first of all let's start with the fact that italy is a culture that the figure of grandparents is not a small figure like grandparents are always present they will come and pick you up from school and uh, my friends will always go up to their grandparents they will always go to their grandparents home they will see them 
every day literally sometimes their grandparents become almost parents for them so like you grew up in this culture where grandparents are a big figure and uh, so sometimes that's like one of the pains that i feel like children of immigrants especially that grew up in italy but i'm sure also other children of immigrants can relate to this and also another frustration is the fact that unfortunately due to the fact that oftentimes immigrants in italy do like lower paid jobs in italy like you end up like not having maybe the same opportunities to travel back home, even for people that live further away, uh, let, it be, let it be the US, let it be England, you have less opportunity to travel back home because due to the job opportunities that oftentimes are open to migrant families. So like that creates a big disconnect between like, children of immigrants that born and raised in Italy and oftentimes with a family back home. <sighs> well, that's uh, my little frustration of growing up in Italy uh, without having my grandparents. But as I'm thinking of Ghana and as I'm thinking of the Independence Day, I cannot help to think about my granddad and my grandparents. And well, I hope to see my grandma soon. But anyway, well, thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Chronicles of the Black Italian Women. Do not forget to share the episodes, share them, share them on your Instagram, of your IGTV or IG stories, share them with your friends. Just share it, share it, share it, share it so we can reach more people. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you for listening and tuning in today. Don't forget, you can follow the page of the Chronicles of a Black Italian Women on Instagram at Chronicles of A-B-I-W-V. Uh, that's the Instagram page for the podcast. And you can also follow my personal page, which is at Smiley, Benny, double N, double Y, in the end. Thank you so much for tuning in. I wish you a blessed month of March. Let it be greater things ahead. And uh, like, yeah, just enjoy. Don't forget to celebrate women throughout this month. And especially don't forget indigenous, black women, uh, women of color, Asian women. Do not forget about that, please. And uh, like, yes, let's celebrate. Let's honor like the women, women's contribution between society. And let's work and ensure for more equity and justice for women do says peace out bye ciao ciao ciao